Hello, my name is Larry Lannon, the writer behind the local Fishers Indiana news blog, LarryInFishers.com. I started the blog in January of 2012, and it is still going. Four years after that, in 2016, I started the LarryInFishers.com podcast series featuring guests of local interest. That podcast is still going strong. Now, if you like the podcast and are listening on a platform such as iTunes, you'll just take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. It's time now for the latest LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at Hub and Spoke at 106th Street and the uh, Nickel Plate Trail in Fishers. Hub and Spoke is a building that contains the headquarters for the Parks and Recreation Department for the City of Fishers. I have often spoken with Sarah Sanquist. Uh, I think it's about a four-year period you have been the Director of Parks and Recreation here for the City of Fishers. But Sarah, this will probably be the last time you and I talk. I think it might be. You might explain why. Well, I have accepted a position in Champaign, Illinois. I uh, will be joining the team as the Executive Director of the Champaign Park District. And uh, Champaign, I've spent some time there, as we talked about beforehand. And what I find in Champaign, it's, people talk about Champaign-Urbana. That's right. They are two separate cities, but like the University of Illinois, I think straddles the two. That's right. Part it of does. it's in Champaign, part of it's in Urbana. I've spent time in both cities. Uh, but both cities are very much university towns. And, and uh, Champaign certainly fits that bill. So I'm sure that that will be a, a, a going from a, a growing suburban area to a university town is going to be a bit of a, a change for you. Yeah, it'll be a little bit of a change. Uh, Champaign itself has about 88,000 people in it, and then combined with Urbana, another 65,000. Um, so the, the region is a you know, a little bit larger than uh, Fishers here. Um, but then we get the additional 35,000 students that uh, come in throughout the school year. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunity. And I have family from Champaign. My husband's from there. And um, so excited to kind of get back. Get back uh, close to family again. Of course, you have young children. I understand that's always good to be near family, you know, when you have a young family uh, that you're, uh, that, you know, Babysitting all of a sudden is available. <laughs> that's I, right. I, I, that's I, right. I'm very much, uh, my kids are 28, but I still remember those days. We have some overdue hours of babysitting <laughs> we're going to cash in on. Do the students uh, avail themselves much, you think, of the parks department in Champaign, or do you know yet? I think that uh, there's a strong internship uh, program and really good relationship with the University of Illinois. So some of the programming is done in partnership with uh, various departments. Uh, as well as, uh, like I said, internship opportunities for students. And um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a really good draw. I did a quick check, and it looks like their longtime executive director has recently uh, retired. So you're filling that position, I would assume, with the man who retired. Is that correct? Yes. Joe DeLuce has been with the uh, district for 25 years, serving as the director, I think, for seven. And he's retiring at the end of the year. The other thing I saw, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it appeared to me that they already have the community recreation center we're talking about, right? They do have several facilities, uh, three recreation centers. Each of them are a little bit smaller, but they're more neighborhood-based, so they kind of target the neighborhood that it's in, and um, each one has walking track, gym space, uh, fitness area, and then um, indoor play space. 
And what's, when's your last day here in Fishers? Uh, it's December 1st. Oh, so this is coming up fairly soon because we're talking today on November 28th. So it's we're quick. Just, I'm glad I was able to get this set up very quickly. <laughs> I would have missed you for sure. Uh, I really want to talk mostly about your time here. I mean, I wanted to talk a little bit about where you're going, but um, I want to ask this question first. I don't know whether you uh, have had any discussions uh, with people here with the city, but Will you be making any recommendations on your replacement? Or are you staying totally out of that? I've made a few recommendations. Um, I don't know uh, specifically what direction is going to, you know, what's going to happen. But, uh, yes, I've definitely made some recommendations. And um, I'm sure that leadership will make the right choice on what happens. And uh, who will be filling in during the uh, period of time that, where this job is open? Uh, we're still working through the transition plan. Oh, so there's nothing to announce yet then. Okay. There's not yet. <laughs> okay. There will be soon. I'm kind of looking at your face thinking that. I would think so. Okay. Yes. I mean, right. December 1st is soon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody has to run the place as of December 2nd, right? Correct. Uh, before you arrived in Fishers, and I, I've been doing this blog for 11 years. I've lived here for over 28 years. And the one thing I have always known about Fishers as it has grown looking at the data and just talking to people, knowing people, is that everyone always had a high degree of, of confidence in the Park and Recreation Department. I mean, I saw before you got here, I saw consistent survey results of satisfaction with the Parks Department at or above 90%. And you saw the same data, mm -hmm. I'm sure which is sort of a double-edged sword. It's great to walk into a good program, and on the other hand, you know, you've got the pressure to keep that up, which is a, a lot of, of, of pressure. So I guess the question I, I would ask with, with that as background, uh, as best I can determine, you and your staff have continued that reputation. So how do you do it? I mean, it's you at the, the leadership post, but you've got people working under you. You obviously have support from other parts of the city. But how do you continue to have that kind of rating from the citizens, which is what you're looking at? People very satisfied with, with the park and rec program and with the parks in general. Uh, I think for a couple reasons we're able to achieve that, and it's it's really it was you know really great coming into the city, uh, knowing that the community has a strong feeling about the the parks department in a positive way, obviously, um, and to be able to continue to deliver. So, for, I mean, first and foremost, we um, you know we have uh, a budget and, and funds that support that. Um, we have a, a great team here that are motivated to put on world class events to provide high quality programming to the community. Um, we've been able to add amenities while I've uh, been here, and um, so we've you know we've built Maker Playground, we've uh, opened the Agri Park um, and the Nickel Plate Trail, as well as Geist Waterfront Park coming online uh, um, in the spring. So I think you know we we have tried to listen to the community on what they're asking for and what their demands are, and then uh, uh, delivering that. You know, I, I, when I heard the news, uh, I started trying to list off the top of my head everything that's happened while you've been here, and you've r rattled off a few of them, but that's there's more than that. I mean, there's so many things that came to mind. Long list of accomplishments. So other than what you've already mentioned, or if you want to go back and talk more about it, that's okay, too. 
What stands out in your mind as the accomplishments your department was able to do during your tenure here? Well, I started making a little list, too, because I figured this might come up and wanted to be a little more prepared. Uh, So, you know, right off the bat, uh, when I first started here, we built four more pickleball courts at Cynthiaan. And uh, to kind of come full circle, we just opened six more courts at Holland. And then also through um, generous donations of the pickleball community, we uh, recently added lights to uh, four of the courts at Cynthiaan. So that, you know, that's an area that's just boomed and continued to grow. Um, the, as I mentioned, uh, the nickel plate trail, you know, we're coming up on finishing that and parks role in that has really been kind of from the experience side. So, you know, engineering has handled, um, building the trail, but we want to, you know, program it and bring people to downtown and really showcase the fishers portion of the trail. Um, and then additionally spark fishers, um, that event, you know, Leah McGrath was kind of behind that event, but I feel like, uh, uh, in my, um, through my leadership, we've grown it and expanded it to almost a full week of programming, um, and really shaped it into something that is a, a annual tradition that people look forward to. I want to hone in on each one of those and talk about <laughs> some more, but let me ask about pickleball. I mean, pickleball, I remember the first time was, I was at a, I think it was a, one of a board meeting where pickleball came up. It was a board of works. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the board members said, I didn't even know what pickleball was. I had to look it up, you know. But now everybody knows what pickleball is. That was a few years ago. But I saw a very interesting piece on uh, HBO Sports uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And it wasn't a positive <laughs> pickleball piece. It was basically saying that people who have pickleball courts in their neighborhood, where there maybe have been tennis courts before, it's the noise. It's that noise that comes off the pickleball, uh, the ball itself and, and the mount that you use for it or whatever you want to call that. Uh, have you ever had any complaints to your department about pickleball noise? Luckily, no. Okay. Because of where our courts are, even you know the new ones at Holland are... Um, you know, within a neighborhood, but far enough away that we have not. Um, when we were deciding, because these those courts at Holland were originally going to be at River Glen Country Club, we were going to um, have a public-private yeah, deal. I do. And convert some tennis courts that are there. And uh, we did hear from the community um, that there was some concerns about noise and distance from uh, residences to those courts, which is ultimately why we decided to um, relocate them, the project to Holland. Uh, I have heard uh, stories from colleagues across the country about, um, you know, concerns about noise. And um, I've heard some stories of pickleball courts being taken out because of noise. Um, but overall, I think... No, it's, those it's pickleball, overwhelmingly positive feedback. Yeah, I, I think that the original idea for those pickleball courts that ended up at Holland were really close to homes. So, yes, very So you close. probably avoided a problem there. And I wasn't even aware of that until I saw this piece uh, on HBO, which was very well done by the reporter. Because uh, in this community, and you've alluded to this already, pickleball is very popular and it's growing. I have a cousin that uh, lives in St. Louis and she travels the country going to pickleball meets and uh 
you know, it's just amazing how that's taken up because people my age or a little younger can't play tennis anymore. Right. Or it's difficult. Pickleball is just less strenuous, but it's the same kind of skills in a little yes. bit different way. So I do remember when the, uh, you weren't here yet when the Cynthia opened because Tony Elliott was still here. Uh-huh. And I remember the, the, watching the mayor play pickleball. It's like he didn't have too much trouble with it. He's a pretty fit guy. <laughs> but uh, I know those courts are very busy. so uh, They're packed. I think the pickle pickleball. And Fisher's figured out that pickleball craze early on, and have, you've you've been a part of that. I want to ask about the trail. You mentioned that already. We even talked about that in the last podcast you and I did recently with the with the, the PR department mm-hmm. here, Stephanie. Uh, but what has amazed me about that, and you, you mentioned it's programming, and you're trying to program close to it, putting amenities on the trail, and they're they're continuing to grow. Has it surprised you at all about the amazing amount of traffic on the trail, or is it what you expected? I think the surprise has been uh, from the activity we've seen of people using it as a way to commute to places. I think we absolutely knew that it would be used for exercise, for, you know, walking your dog, riding your bike on it. Um, But to be able to use the trail to go from your house to the um, farmer's market or to a concert at the amphitheater. And then, um, additionally for some of our larger events for Boobash and for, uh, when we hosted the Avit brothers, we partnered with launch fishers and utilized that parking lot and then encouraged people to use the trail and it was heavily utilized. Mm -hmm. So that has been something that is a pleasant surprise that it's not just being used for exercise, that it's so much more than that. Well, if you're going, if you're going to park at Launch Fishers for an event at the amphitheater, I hope you, uh, people are careful driving down Lantern Road. That's the only thing I would say. That's right. Please press that button. Yes. And then wait. And if, and if you're a motorist, <laughs> if, that, if that's flashing, stop. Yes. <laughs> Please yes. stop. Uh, you mentioned Spark Fishers, and you're right, uh, Leah McGrath. That, that's something she created, really, with the mayor. What I think you should be most proud of and the city should be most proud of on Spark Fishers is that you were able to keep it going even though you missed a year for COVID. That must have been painful. Oh, my gosh. That When we decided to cancel, it, and I, I will say, you know, it took a couple years for this event uh, from the planning, from the, you know, in the background to really get it together and have all the logistics and not be scrambling at the last minute. And so in 2020, we were on it. We felt so good. We had started planning, you know, back in November of 2019. And the event was completely planned, ready to go in March when we said, you know, we're going to we're going to cancel and do the right thing. That was definitely a hard decision because that was the one of the we were one of the first people or things to cancel a big event many followed you after that yes. by the way and it was a painful decision to make it was an outdoor event you thought well maybe we can have it but with so many people close together i'm sure the health department gave you some 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 real we talked real about facts. pushing it to the fall maybe yeah. pushing it off and you know it was the right decision um and so i was really pleased that the community um, just, I mean, with Spark Fishers and every single event that we hosted in 21 um, was the highest attendance we've ever seen. And that continued into 2022. It was a pent-up demand. People For needed sure. to get out, and you were there, and you were ready to say, hey, come on in, and people definitely responded. I know I felt that way. <laughs> I needed to get out just like everybody else. Uh, so Spark Fishers, uh, I think you you came back very strong. You've had two really good events. I was at both of them. 
uh, recent recent years after the post COVID era. We've talked the last time you and I talked uh, not long ago on a podcast about that public open house at Geist Waterfront Park, which was it was a cold, windy day and it still had a huge crowd. Uh, but I have to ask you this question: Once warm weather returns, um, obviously that's going to be a very busy spot in Fishers. Do you think you might want to sneak back to Fishers and uh, take a look <laughs> at how that park is going? I think I definitely will. You know, we we are planning a um, an actual grand opening and ribbon cutting um, during opening weekend, uh, March eighteenth of twenty three, and uh, I will probably. Uh, plan to be there. Well, we will look forward to seeing you there. Yes. And you certainly had a big part in putting that together. So I would hope the mayor would want you to be there and have a, a prominent role in that. You know, it seems there's always something new on the horizon in Fishers, in general, but with your department as well. And I want to talk about some things that are in the pipeline, which you have been uh, instrumental in, in early planning. And we don't even know much about some of these. One of them would be the new park that's being developed on the White River. Mm -hmm. That's a huge project. There'll be some private projects there as well, which have been announced. Uh, the the Michigan left is going away at 96th mm -hmm. and Allisonville to be replaced by a roundabout, mm -hmm. which is, in a way, trying to, to cope with what is expected to be a very busy place. Uh, obviously, that, that plan is just now beginning. How do you envision that park when it's opened up? Well, we are so excited about that uh, piece of property. It's 125 acres, and uh, it's right along the White River, 96 in Allisonville. Um, the potential to interact with the river is really great. So we have uh, at that property, you know, the opportunity to have canoe and kayak launch, maybe a small boat launch. Um, and really, we've seen Hamilton County and Marion County um, you know, for years we turned our back on the river and, um, with the white river, uh, master plan and efforts put towards, um, you know, revitalizing the river and celebrating it. This park is really going to do that. You know, I had a recent podcast with uh, the Noblesville mayor and mayor fatness and, and Chris, the mayor of, of Noblesville talked about the fact that even in Noblesville's got a downtown right next to the white river and they really are just beginning to, uh, to use the river as something to, to, to develop their downtown. They're after I, nobody knows how many years, they're going to finally put another bridge in Noblesville over the White River. But you're not even planning a bridge. You're planning a park on the river with the commercial development. So uh, we are, even, are not even at the point of, of artist renderings yet. But, Correct. But, we uh, just selected a team, mm -hmm. um, and I... Don't think I can announce it yet because it will need approval by the board. But uh, we did just select a team that will lead us through uh, the master plan process as well as uh, phase one of that project. So something to watch is something I'm sure you're going to keep your eye on it still. You may be in, in yes, Illinois, but I'm sure, sure you're, you're going to be paying attention since you had a hand in, in getting that started. I want to talk about the plans for a new community center. Uh, publicly, we don't know much about that at all. The mayor did share a few renderings. We talked about that last time you and I talked on a podcast recently. Um, what I find interesting is that your department will be heavily involved in whatever programs are going to be available. You know, as an old guy who likes to get on the treadmill, you know, I have a community treadmill in my condo association. Sometimes I have to wait for it. If I can find a place to walk, particularly in the wintertime or the deep heat, that would be a nice thing as part of what is being planned for this new community center. 
So I just want to know what we haven't really. We don't even know the. Well, how should I put this? It has not been publicly announced where it's going to be located. You're going to need some acreage, which is not easy to find in Fishers. Mm-hmm. But I understand that uh, there is a plan to locate it in a particular place, and that will be announced at the proper time. And obviously, the cost of construction has delayed the plans a bit. Is, and you deal with this all the time, I'm sure. There's what the community wants, maybe what your department wants, and then there's the reality of what you can pay for, and you have to make sure you put whatever you want and need into that bottle of what you can pay for. So I assume that's why we still don't have an announcement on that facility. But what little I know about it seems quite exciting. It's a really exciting project, and uh, very soon um, you should be hearing more about it, Um, you know, more about the budget, more about uh, the facility, the amenities that will be included. And you're right, it's a balance between the budget and trying to deliver on what the community is asking for. It's also uh, the worst time in the world to be building anything um, because prices are... um, much higher than they were, you know, even a couple of years ago and supplies are, um, also hard to come by. And so, um, we're doing what we can to move it along. Um, still in a, in a pretty quick fashion, a little bit, not as quick as we, um, had originally set out, but very soon you should be hearing, um, information. And I think that there will definitely be some place for you to, uh, walk, um, Within the building. Well, good, good. There are old guys like me that just need to get out and walk. Yeah. We, we, so we'll we'll have that opportunity. I've been promised that. <laughs> so I, I'm sure that 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 part of it will be delivered. And I guess the good part is if you have enough acreage and you build it a certain way, even though, <clears throat> excuse me, the cost of construction may be high now, you might be able to add on later. I mean, there's always that possibility. There's definitely plans for phases um, within the the footprint of the. Um, of the building and for future amenities to, to add. You know, I, I can remember, I've been, again, I've lived here for a while and, and covered the, the city for about 11 years. And I remember, excuse me, <clears throat> I do remember when the first amphitheater was built. It's since been torn down and built. Well, I guess it was, I don't know if it was torn down, but it was certainly added on. Uh-huh. Well, the one we have now, it was much smaller in the original form, and they... City, the town at the time, actually, hired a part-time person to try to get acts to be put in there. Yep. And they had they didn't have a, a, a lot planned, and all of a sudden, you know, you build it, and they will come. And then all of a sudden, people started coming to these concerts, and we didn't have enough restrooms. We didn't have enough room. The stage wasn't big enough. Well, the city, you know, again, had a decision to make. Either go do something else with that area or build a bigger amphitheater. So the bigger amphitheater has been built. And you have upped your game on that. And even though you have Tuesday night free concerts, you've had what are called ticketed concerts. But the tickets aren't that expensive. Go out and try to find a ticket for that price, for the kind of entertainment you have been able to, to draw there. So as you look back on on the years as the amphitheater has progressed, uh, what are your thoughts about how your department has upped its game on the concert series? Well, I definitely would agree that we have we have upped our game. And... Uh, you know, when I first came on, we hosted a couple ticketed concerts uh, in 2018 and then a couple in 2019, but it was kind of scattered. There wasn't really a, a plan in place of what that looked like. Uh, and so just ahead of 2020, we had this idea to put together a series, a music series, a ticketed series of concerts and artists that were 
right on the cusp of, of breaking it and making it big. And so that you could say, I saw XYZ at the Nickel Plate District Amp, and then next year they are selling out, you know, TCU or, or somewhere else. And we had a full uh, series booked, and then, you know, we had to cancel it during COVID. Um, and so this past year, we finally got around to executing on that series and partnering with MOKB Presents. And then, um, and having five, five concerts in that series that were um, pretty well attended. Uh, and then at the end of the series, being able to um, have the, op- the availability to move Government Mule and two nights of the Avett Brothers to the Nickel Plate District Amp. And, um, you know, I think that that has really set the stage for what's to come. Um, I want to say out loud here on this podcast, we will always have free concerts at the AMP. We're not, those aren't going away. Um, but we do want to continue to provide these opportunities for artists to showcase themselves. And uh, the Avett brothers have um, reserved two nights at uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse next year. Um, so we, we are so proud of that and feel like that's exactly what we were trying to achieve and um, we hope that there's more artists that can tell that story of, and that we can share with the community that, um, you know, they played at the AMP and then they, they moved on to bigger and better things. Well, with that track record, you're going to have agents for bands uh, knocking on your door. That is the intent. <laughs> We're hoping. We're hoping for that. I remember uh, years ago, this goes way back to the early 70s, when I started in radio broadcasting. Uh, I uh, worked at a radio station in Franklin, Indiana. It doesn't really exist as a local station anymore, but I got to know a lot of people at Franklin College. I never went to work. I never went to school there. But they had a, a tradition of having a homecoming dancer or concert or whatever. And whatever, and I don't know how they did it, whatever act they booked was a hit the next year. Just like you said, would have booked themselves into a huge venue, yet they had this little Franklin <laughs> College venue they went to. So you are definitely entering that territory, and you should be quite proud of it. You've got some good people who have their ears to the ground on where the good talent is, and that's the only way that you are successful that way. I think another thing that's coming, and you won't be here for it, but I'm sure it will expand the opportunities for your department. When New City Hall opens, it's actually going to be called the Arts Center and City Hall Mm -hmm. together. First floor will be an arts center. There'll be an auditorium there. Mm -hmm. So at least your department will have the chance to perhaps uh, book some acts, any kind of, could be music, could be anything else. You can put something into that auditorium during the winter months. Absolutely. We are really excited about that building. Um, and actually at Maker Playground here, we have uh, started, we started partnering with the Indianapolis Arts Center this summer and they provided um, a whole variety of summer camp programming and then have continued to uh, offer programming uh, throughout this year. They did a fall break camp um, and have some ideas of some uh, winter break uh, programming as well in the works. Um, they've been a great partner. We're excited to um, have them uh, run the operations of the Art Center and then also um, hopefully to have the potential to um, book some of our own things in there as well. The Indianapolis Art Center, people don't know this, it's been around for about 100 years. Yes. It's not a new group. They've been doing this for a while. They are professionals, they know what they're doing and um, Yes. So you do expect that your uh, department may be involved in acts at the auditorium or too early to tell? Possibly. You know, we'll see how it plays out. I've tried to just go over a few things. You mentioned a few things. Anything you'd like to add about what you have done here during your 
roughly four years of uh, running this department? Um, I mean, we could talk about the agri-park for a minute or two. Sure, go ahead, please. Uh, you know, the... Um, just really proud of the agri-park and, and where it started uh, when we first um, started planning this out in 2018. And, you know, this was a vision of Mayor Fadness, and he grew up on a farm and having the, a space and a place for um, people to come and, and know where their food comes from. And, uh, you know, we are seeing four to 500 people daily uh, visiting the agri-park. We have an amazing experiential learning program out there for second graders. Uh, our um, farm manager, Trevor, is amazing. I don't know how he does what he does in the amount of hours that we have during the day. Um, but, you know, that is just a huge gem to the community. And um, I would encourage anybody who hasn't been out there to, to definitely go and visit. Library uh, memories of my grandfather's farm. He sold it when I was 12, but I still remember that. And you want to talk about Scott Fadness and his father's farm, you'll, he'll talk your head off. He mm -hmm. loves talking about today's on that North Dakota farm, which is the reason I believe that he almost never wears a coat during the winter. <laughs> this is <laughs> true. North, this North, is true. North Dakota trained him for cold weather, to be sure, for <laughs> being on that farm. I don't know if things will work out this way, but I, my final question to you is, when there is a new director that's named, if that director calls you for advice, what will you say? Oh my gosh. Well, I hope they call me for advice. Um, I have a, a lot of mentors throughout the country and locally and, and nationally as well too. Um, so it's really nice to have those connections and hopefully with whoever is named as, as the director, I can have that connection with them as well too. Um, to share advice on, uh, you know, uh, what we've done previously or, um, you know, what, what they would want to come in and, and implement, really, I'd be open to, to any any help that I could offer. But you're not going to reveal the advice publicly, I say. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't surprise me, but that's okay. But you'll freely accept uh, the invitation Absolutely. to talk Absolutely. to whomever succeeds you. Um, just give you one last chance to add anything I didn't think to ask. It's been an honor and pleasure working for the city and uh, getting to know you better as well through um, podcasts and just your interactions with the city. And uh, it was a bittersweet decision to, um, to say yes. Um, and also, I'm very excited about this new opportunity. Well, I can only say that you've been very well. You've been very welcoming. You've always been willing to appear if I ask or if I needed anything, any information. You were always very easy to work with. So it's, I'm going to miss you that way. But I'm sure whoever succeeds, of course, I have the same relationship with Tony Elliott before you, sure. and I'm sure whoever succeeds, you all have the same relationship. But you will be missed. But we certainly wish you well, Sarah Sandquist, whose last day as uh, director of Park and Recreation for the City of Fishers is December first. Thanks once again. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you'd like to comment on my blog, please do so with any suggestions. In the meantime, please be safe and be kind.